Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. And I think an upside of a recession could be, can be, is being able to say, no, everybody else is going to do that. We're not going to. And therefore, we're going to put our foot down on the accelerator and actually use this as an opportunity to improve our experience. I don't want people to go go away and thinking, Colin loves recessions. I don't. Yeah. I wish they didn't happen. You love the Luton Town Football Club, so maybe just Colin loves pain all around. (laughs) I mean, I was laid off when I was early in my career. I can't bring myself to say that I'm grateful for it, but it was a part of the path that brought me to where I am now. Sometimes bad stuff happens, and we can only control what we can control about it, and a lot of that is deciding the attitude or the mindset that we're going to take. So Ryan, it's really good news. We've had some subscribers to the new YouTube channel. Glad to hear it. We haven't had many comments, but somebody said uh, on uh, YouTube they didn't realize how handsome I was. Uh, I still have not realized how handsome you are. Um, (laughs) And I've been looking at you for years. So uh, we can't blame our YouTube audience for that. Yeah, no, uh, I'm only joking. Nobody's actually made a comment (laughs) like that at all. So, but there you go. You can if you wish. Uh, Just don't say the opposite. If you want to see um, the podcast live or recorded anyway, then just go to YouTube. Uh, We'll put a link in the show notes. And the only other thing I would ask you to do is if you get a chance to do a review, that would really help us. That obviously helps with the algorithms and pushes up up, up the various different uh, league tables, etc. And Ryan and I always like listening to your comments. So, yeah, that would be wonderful. But today we're going to talk a bit about a depressing subject, but the silver lining in the cloud, which is why with a recession potentially already happening in the States, certainly one looking to happen lots of other places, including England, then is there an upside of recession? And actually, as I've been preparing for this, I've been thinking, yeah, there's quite a few upsides, aren't there? Plenty of bad news to be had about a recession. We don't want to minimize that. But yeah, are there any upsides that we can look to provide a little hope, a little silver lining, as you say? So um, no, I'm excited to hear your list, Colin. I think the first thing to say is that this is normal. I mean, I'm I'm old enough now to go, oh, it's another recession. So it's not like it's suddenly new. And obviously, this has come about as a sort of a byproduct of covid and then screwing up all the, the supply demand cycles. And then we've had, you know, there was a pent up demand. And uh, then we've had all of the war in Ukraine and that disturbing food and energy and everything else. And that's all caused inflation and, you know, blah, 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 blah. We all know it because we're all, all feeling it, I guess, at the moment, which is the not so good side of it. It's interesting when you start thinking about a recession, the way I would liken it too is it's a bit like uh, wildfires. So in Florida, where I am at the moment, and you can tell because I have the fishes in the background, 
they used to suppress the wildfires here and now they have a controlled burn and why am i telling you that i'm telling you that because i think the analogy is actually a good one which is they've discovered that actually by doing a controlled burn it's actually better for the environment because effectively that's what's happened over over centuries it's only when man came in and started going oh no we obviously don't want the devastation of the wildfires that that do occur and obviously they are terrible but if there's some way of controlling those wildfires and that's so much so the better and i guess that's what a lot of the central banks try to do isn't it they try to control inflation and therefore recessions and try to make the peaks or the troughs not as as high there is a cycle to the business cycle and it it feels like economies just naturally need to contract sometimes in addition to to growing and i think that that's you're right that's what central banks have been trying to do and, and largely have been relatively successful in doing for the past 80 or 90 years but that does mean that occasionally there need to be these contractions and that that can be healthy in the long term for economies even if in the short term it can be very painful for those of us living through it what's the healthy side of things and and i think the obvious one for me is as i've looked into this is basically the weak diet it's a time of change and and i think the the interesting bit for me is that in good times it's easy to go times are good we're we're making money we don't have to worry about things and the danger is is that you get complacent don't you but in bad times the organizations that are fat that are inefficient that are not doing as well internally i get found out don't they yeah, there's a great Warren Buffett quote that says, uh, it's only when the tide goes out that you learn who's been swimming naked. It's exactly this idea when things are are clipping along and growth is easy, it can lead to a lot of inefficiencies in the way that uh, companies are run. And so, yeah, these occasional stress shocks can reorder economies towards kind of more efficient companies and, and better ways of, of doing things. From a psychological standpoint, we tend to be risk averse when things are going well, but yeah. we tend to be more risk seeking when we're in the domain of losses, when things are going poorly or when there's these negative outcomes. Sure. And to the extent that risk is necessary for growth, these recessions can also change the way that companies are managed over short periods of time. And sometimes that can also have positive outcomes. Yeah, I think the the phrase that I I've always loved is a necessity. No, what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention. Thank you. Yeah. This is why you're a professor and I'm just a right. nobody. That was that was actually the extent of my PhD thesis was just being able to come up with that one quote on demand. All right. There you go. Yeah. Well, uh, mine was too many cooks spoil the broth. There you go. I was I wasn't training to be a cook or anything. I just happened to like it, but. No, but absolutely, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. So when times are good, you, as you say, you tend not to be as willing to take on the risks. But when your back's against the wall, that's when you suddenly start going, well, maybe we should try this because I guess it's not going to be any worse than doing anything else, is it? That's right. We have to do something. 
So, and again, not not to minimize, uh, these are our benefits at the level of the economy as a whole. Still, it's very hard if you're the one with your back up against the wall and needing to try different things. But yes, these are kind of some of the, like the, I, I do like your metaphor of the controlled burn, right? These are some healthy aspects of a changing economy if they can be controlled. But I also think, mate, that whilst I clearly nobody wants to be made redundant or whatever it may be, okay, but I do think it is about the way that you look at things, yeah. okay? Because even from a personal perspective, sometimes when you're pushed out of a job longer term, it's good news. Yeah. Because that was the thing that, that made you, again, you becoming complacent. You become the, not fat and lazy, but you become complacent. It's just a good word to use, to be honest with you. And there have been lots of occasions where I've known people who have gone on to do extremely well when they've either been in a recession or been made redundant or whatever, and have gone on to go, you know what, what's the thing that I've always wanted to do? It's start my own business, and therefore I'm going to start to do that now. And yeah. so I think it, for me, it's a mindset thing. It's a great point. I, I mean, I was laid off when I was early in my career, and it was a, a formative experience. And I, I can't bring myself to say that I was uh, that I'm grateful for it, but it was a part of the path that brought me to where I am now. And I'm extremely grateful for being where I am now. So sometimes bad stuff happens and we can only control what we can control about it. And a lot of that is deciding the attitude or the mindset that we're going to take. Yeah. And there was a phrase I learned the other day, which I thought was a really good phrase, which is, uh, breakthroughs come from breakdowns. Hmm. And I thought, yeah, that's really true. Institutionalization sometimes also comes from breakdowns, but yeah, also breakthroughs too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I mean, obviously not, nothing in life that's worthwhile happens without struggle and difficulty. And it's in that, for me, is some of the adversity just, you know, it's that, again, maybe we should change the name of this podcast into how many quotes we could put in to any one thing. <laughs> I've even forgotten what the bloody quote was now that I was just about to tell you, but I'm sure it'll come back to me at some point. There was something by Oscar Wilde. Yes, I'm sure it was. And therefore, some of the opportunity, I, I think, again, becomes, you know, that when an organisation is trundling along, getting the average growth, because it masks all of those things, again, to come up with another quote, it's that classic one of, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Whereas a recession makes you go, actually, we should get now, we need, you know, we're being exposed in those areas. We now need to definitely go in and fix that, don't we? Yeah. There's a guy called Charles Handy. I don't know if you know, he's a, an old business guru from the UK from about 20 years ago. And he wrote a really good book called The Empty Raincoat. And one of the things that he talks about in that book is that people go through change, okay? If you think of sports teams, if you think of politicians, if you think of companies, then like we were talking about here, that you've got that sort of business cycle. And this is one of the advantages of YouTube because you can now see me drawing pictures with my, my finger. 
But you can imagine a, a you know a classic sort of S curve. What he talks about is the fact that when organisations or politicians or sports teams start, then everything's going really well and they're on this big growth curve. And then at some point it gets to the top. And then typically what happens is it goes over the top and it starts coming down the other other side of that curve. He talks about the fact that when you get halfway down that curve, typically what happens is the CEO gets sacked and somebody comes in and they put change in place and it takes a while for it to take effect, but up it starts going the, the other side. And I use this a lot when I'm running workshops and, and stuff. So the interesting question is always, where are you? Mm. Where are you, your organization, or where is your sports team? So if you think about, well, if you think about my, my sports team, Luton Town Football Club, okay? We used to be in the premiership just when it was formed. In fact, I think we came out of it just the year before it was formed. And we went all the way down to the conference, and now we've started to go up to the, we're in the championship, which is the league below the premiership. If you think about politicians, you know, they have a high approval rating at the beginning when they get voted in, and then they goes down and hopefully goes up. The interesting bit becomes the question of where are you? So are you at the bottom of this big curve? Yeah. And there's lots of growth left. Are you at the top and just about to come over the other side? Have you just gone over the other side? Yeah. Effectively, things are starting to get bad and you're seeing things go down. Or are you halfway down and it's starting to plummet? And I guess the reason I'm mentioning that is because that's really interesting to start to recognize, A, when you're in a recession. So do you think that, you know, the market's going to carry on going? Or where do you think to change? Because Handy talks about the fact that the time to change is at the top of the curve, right? not when things are going wrong, uh, i.e. halfway down. Choosing to change rather than waiting until change is forced upon you. Correct. And then you move on to that next level of that curve. Yeah. And the way I would tie this into custom experience the way I would talk about that would be that you are thinking about all the rational parts of your experience, okay? And then suddenly you get to the point where you're, you can't really do any more and you're going to go over the top. And the time, the, the next level is the, actually the next level of thinking. So embracing that emotional behavioral science part because that actually leads you on to move to that top level does that make sense yeah absolutely but here's the issue for me is that most organizations we get most calls for to to go in and help organizations well let me ask you where do you think we get most calls to go in and help organization i I think when things are on the downward slope i assume correct absolutely Here is Anna talking on the show. Hi, Colin and Ryan. I'm in a pickle. How do you operationalize your journey mapping? We don't want CX to become some fluffy thing that is not practical enough. 
Therefore, we want practical steps on how to get started the right way. Thank you. Anna's pickle was wonderful. Would you like to appear on the show just like Anna did? If you want to record your pickle, go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash pickle and look for the big red record button. We'd love to hear from you too. Here's the irony. It's the worst time. Yeah. Because you don't have the resources. Because actually the best people have left you. You know, you haven't got as much budget. You've got more. I have to say you've got the only advantage is you've got more motivation right to change people realize there's a need to change yeah there's a need to change and the, and the problem at the top of the curve that organizations have and again we've worked with organizations that are there is convincing people that yes it's good at the moment but it's not going to remain good now showing i'm totally not getting off subject i think that is the same thing that is within a recession isn't it that when times are going well, everyone's going, well, I don't see the need to, to make this change. But in a recession, it suddenly exposes all those things. And it is an opportunity, I always see it as an opportunity to actually start to put some new thinking in place for the reasons that you articulated earlier, which is people are going to be more amenable to new thinking at that point, aren't they? You say that the only advantage you have is is the motivation component, but we shouldn't discount that. That's a that's a major hurdle for change in a lot of organizations. And so, yeah, it would be better if you had the motivation and the resources available and the best talent available. But to a certain extent, motivation within the organization for change might be the single most important asset. And so if that's what you've got now that the recession is coming on, grab a hold of that and uh, use it while you can. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's where I think that a recession is a good thing. Let me be clear. I don't want people to go, go away and thinking, Colin loves recessions. Uh, I don't, yeah? Uh, I wish they didn't happen. You love the Luton Town Football Club, so maybe just Colin loves pain <laughs> all around. Recessions, Luton Town, just all the yes. pain. It is. Yes. Just give me more pain. I love it. If you've got to have a recession, then there's, for me, it's again, it's about turning around and saying, so here's the, here's the upside of, of this. So here's another example that I just will articulate what I was just stumbling over. So many organizations, and I think you may have heard me say this before. So let me, let me tell you this story. Do you remember that I've told you the story about the racing driver, car driver? No, uh, it doesn't ring a bell. I was watching once a film from the 1960s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you remember? Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, I'll tell, tell everybody else because we've had so many new listeners that they wouldn't have heard me talk about this one. So they were, I was watching a film once but from the 1950s, 1960s of Formula One racing drivers. Two drivers were going around the track. One was ahead, one was behind. And then the, the first guy span out and basically died. After the guy that was in second, obviously, then went on to win the race. And he was being interviewed after the um, accident uh, or after the race. And basically, the journalist said to him, well, when you saw the accident, did you slow down? And he said, no. He said, I didn't slow down. I actually sped up. He said, because I knew 
everybody else would slow down. What's the point I'm trying to make? When you hit a recession, typically what people, and I'm already starting to see this with some organizations, typically what people cut back on, along with training and various different other things, but a focus on improving their customer experience. And I think an upside of a recession could be, can be, is being able to say, no, everybody else is going to do that. We're not going to. And therefore, we're going to put our foot down on the accelerator and actually use this as an opportunity to improve our experience. But that does take commitment from on high. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, you and I have had similar conversations when we talk about um, companies that pursue best practices, but there can be a lot of kind of group think and, and follower thinking in businesses. I mean, if you really want to have breakout successes, you need to be doing something different than your competitors are doing. And so if everybody's moving like a school of fish in one direction, then, you know, in response to a recession, for example, is this an opportunity for you to to zig when others are zagging and grab some initiative by by doing something different? Yeah, I, and therefore, I guess that comes partly back into understanding what your customers are looking for and also understanding the things that are going to drive value for them as well, isn't it? Yep. But I guess it's those old industries that are the ones that are, I guess, due for disruption, isn't it? And that's where some of the more small, nimble organizations in a recession can start to really take place. And and I think a number of entrepreneurs have, have got used the recession to get a niche hold in an industry uh, and actually change things up. Yep. Yeah. Um, on a previous episode, when we've talked about the recession, I, I had pulled up a list of successful companies that had started during a recession. And it's a formidable list. A lot of very successful companies started or expanded rapidly during recessions. It's a time of change. No, absolutely. So what, let's do our usual bit. What's the practical advice? What advice would you give any organization going into a recession? Let's start with the personal, um, and then we can get to the organizational. I think I think it's yep. similar advice for both. There are things in life we can control and things that we can't. Despite Colin's love of pain, I don't think very many people are actually rooting for a recession. No. But recessions sometimes happen. So the question is, how are we going to deal with it? Uh, you know, as, as we've said, nobody hopes to be laid off. Nobody hopes to be made redundant. But if we find ourselves in that position... What is it that we can do at that point going forward? Can I interrupt? Can I interrupt please, you for a moment please. and tell you one you of the You're going to interrupt to lay me off? Is this your opportunity to uh, make me redundant? <laughs> We've got two people on this podcast, <laughs> Ryan. I realize you only need one. <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> that is a hidden opportunity. I never really thought about that. But the manager of Luton, you'd have heard me say this before, the manager of Luton used to say, control the controllables. Yeah. And I thought that's a great way of summing up your point, which is you've got to control the things that you can control. So what what are the things that we can control? And to Colin's earlier point, a lot of it is attitude and mindset. 
there's some great research in psychology that backs up the idea that, in fact, there's, I think there's even like a German word for it, like one of those super long, complicated German words. When we're looking for something, we tend to find it, we tend to see it. And so if we, if we go into this with the attitude of things are hard, but what are the opportunities here? What, what are the things that I can see that I can try new, that I can do differently within my own life? we'll be more likely to see those opportunities. So personally, like what, what are your opportunities? And then within your organization too, how can you do things differently now that we're in this situation that nobody would have chosen to be in, but, but we're potentially going to be here for a little while. So what are the opportunities? I think for me, some practical advice would be from an organizational standpoint is first of all, be the proponent of keeping the focus on customer experience and use that as an advantage. It's the, it's the racing car driver story, basically. Don't be the first organizations to start to, to cut back on it because I think since the pandemic, we've seen, obviously, the American Customer Satisfaction Index drop to the lowest point in 17 years. That, again, for me, shows the advantage that there could be in still keeping on improving the customer experience. I think the other thing that I think is key is typically in my experience of organizations is when organizations are hit with bad times, there is very much an inward focus and that inward focus loses sight very quickly of the customer. And everybody starts worrying about their job. What are they doing? What's the organization doing? How are we going to get through this? So again, I would counsel you to be the voice that is continuing to talk about the customer. And I've just thought about this one, and I think this may be true, that we've talked about in the past this whole area of customer science. yeah, And we've talked about in the past and we'll put a link to the customer science blog in the show notes. If you haven't listened to that, then do. I wonder whether this is going to be that inflection point hmm. that shifts the focus of customer experience to that more of a focus on customer science. I'm not going to go into the difference between those two. I would highly recommend you go back and listen to those uh, podcasts. But I wonder if this is an if this will be that inflection point because typically when changes like these things the recessions etc come around the pandemic comes around they are inflection points aren't they change happens that then sticks basically think yeah. of hybrid working in the pandemic you know and that type of stuff so anyway we hope that's been of use. We look forward to talking to you next week. And please, as I said before, look up, look us up on YouTube and please a review. That would be really great. Look forward to talking to you next week. Cheers. This has been the Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer. Intuitive Customer.